Mr. Polyev might choose to undermine our democracy by amplifying conspiracy theories. He might decide to run away from journalists when they ask him tough questions. That's how he brands himself, and that's his choice. But when he says that Canada is broken, that's where we draw the line. This is Canada. Mm-hmm. And that is the Prime Minister misquoting Mr. Pauly Ever, who didn't actually say the country's broken. What he said is it feels broken. And those are very different things. So what Pauly Ever is referring to are things like inflation or health care, trying to get your passports, carbon taxes, opiate crisis, you name it. It feels it. It feels like it's broken. So we already can see how this is going to uh, be a showdown between Justin Trudeau and Pierre Pauly Ever going forward. Trudeau will present himself as, you know, the beacon of hope, boasting about his successes while accusing Mr. Polyevra of undermining our democracy, amplifying, you know, conspiracy theories. I mean, Polyevra's job as opposition is absolutely to point out what is not working. That is his job. But we could be heading into an election in 2023, and I think a lot of people would like to know, including myself, what would he do to fix it? What are his solutions? So let us ask. Pierre Pagliera, leader of the opposition, joining us now, and I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me, Alex. Look, we got to get uh, a lot uh, done in a very few minutes, so I'm going to kind of jam it all in as I can get it. Let me kick off things, you know, with the, with the crisis that we're in the middle of. We've got a health crisis right now. Uh, Trudeau says that we can't keep throwing money at health without this commitment to change. So from you, how would you specifically... Um, deal with the crisis that we are in now while knowing that we need a longer term to fix? Well, it is a crisis. And look, Trudeau has been prime minister for seven years. So if he was going to do something to fix it, he'd have done it by now. All he's done is talk and fight with premiers and uh, achieve no results. So I think the, the fastest way that we can flood uh, doctors and nurses into our system is to speed up the recognition of immigrant doctor and immigrant nurse uh, credentials. We have thousands of people from abroad who came here specifically to practice medicine, but then are prevented from doing so by licensing bodies. I would sign deals with the provinces who are responsible for regulating licensing that within 60 days of an immigrant applying to work in their profession, they should get a yes or no based on their tested abilities, not based on where they come from. I would also back up 30,000 small study loans for immigrant doctors so they can take time off work and study up to the Canadian standard. And I'd make it possible for future immigrants to begin getting their license before they even arrive here. These are extremely low cost uh, actions that could have a high impact on providing more family doctors, more nurses uh, to meet the growing demands in our hospitals. Uh, we also at the federal level need uh, faster approvals for breakthrough treatments and medications that are approved much more quickly in other comparable advanced jurisdictions uh, that could, could save lives. And then finally, we need a growing economy that can produce the revenues necessary to generate uh, for our our, um, our healthcare system. So those are the things that I think we need to do to, to get our healthcare back. And uh, that's what we're proposing as conservatives. I understand that a lot of these are provincial issues. However, um, you know, one of the issues that we face, and you're watching it, is a mental health crisis. I mean, we've got this shooting that happened in Avon Condo with very clear uh, mental issues at hand. 
Uh, we've got a steady increase of violence on our transit. We've got, uh, you know, mental health issues in, in our shelter systems. It's all over the place. And we don't have a cohesive mental health strategy. How would you, even though it's not your general jurisdiction, but you do provide the, the, the money, how would you address issues that are managed by provinces? But, you know, we are seeing uh, the violence and, and the result of, of failed or, or policy that doesn't even really exist. We don't have any kind of mental health strategy, I don't think, anywhere in this country. But how would you, you know, manage something that is uh, seen playing out across the country? Well, I, I think uh, the, the worst of it is the uh, addiction crisis. Uh, I would uh, provide uh, assistance to provinces for uh, treatment and uh, recovery. We have uh, a massive increase in opioid overdoses, uh, and much of that is due to the fact that we don't have recovery centers that can take addicts in, get them um, detoxed, uh, give them the counseling services they need and the medication required to wean them off of the addictive substance and then get them into jobs and, and a stable life. That That is, I think, a major priority. And if you look at the big cities across this country, the tent cities that have formed over the last seven years, Vancouver's had a 300% increase in opioid, uh, sorry, in uh, drug overdose deaths since 2015. So the the current approach isn't working. We need to give people recovery and a chance. I also think we should have recovery and treatment more widely available in our prisons so that people who are in jail, you know, maybe they've committed a, a violent offense or a property crime, but their underlying problem is addiction. Let's get them treatment so that they can fix themselves up and get out on the street and do good in the world uh, in the future. Well, well, to one part of that, I mean, there has been a lot of criticism of your plan. I mean, I think a lot of people would agree with it. I think rehabilitation is the solution. Having said that, would your plan cancel out safe injection uh, as part of, of the process? Would that get rid of that? Well, no, what I, what I propose is to, I think we need to have medications that help people who are addicted, uh, one, to bring them back when they have overdosed, and two, um, to reduce the pain and suffering of withdrawal. What I don't support is just perpetuating uh, indefinitely their addiction uh, as the current approach is doing. We have uh, you know, these um, so-called safe supply programs, but the problem with the way they run is that they don't, uh, they don't guide people towards an eventual drug-free life. They keep them in the, the current state of addiction. And that was my criticism. It was widely misrepresented by the critics. But my my view is that, you know, it is a you know, short term. Yes, the most important thing is to keep the addict alive by avoiding overdose or contamination deaths. But, but the long term solution has to be to get them into recovery and treatment and help them get off drugs altogether. Quickly uh, getting into some other issues. I mean, restorative justice has replaced a lot of um, what uh, Stephen Harper tried to put in, which were tougher sentences, mandatory minimums. A lot of those things are gone. We have a revolving door of violent criminals coming in and out and in and out of the system. Uh, Never mind the guns being smuggled into this country, but we've got people who should be in jail and are not. How would you then deal with uh, crime and punishment, given a lot of the policies that Mr. Harper put in were taken out? Well, look, I, I, I do agree with uh, rehabilitation, and certainly if a young person makes a mistake and they want to clean up their life, then the system should help them do that. Let me correct myself. Um, just, just, not just in drug. I'm talking in violent crime, so just to, to parse it out. Uh, yeah. Not necessarily uh, for drugs. I'm talking violent crime in general. 
No, no, I agree. And like I said, if, if a young person makes a mistake and they want to fix up their lives, then the system should be designed to allow that to happen. However, the problem we have is with the habitual offender, the person who does 70 or 80 offenses. So the, the murderers that, that went on the stabbing rampage in Saskatchewan First Nations communities uh, three or four months ago, two, two or three months ago, excuse me, um, they already had 50 or 60 uh, assault convictions. In British Columbia, the Vancouver, for example, 40 offenders had 6,000 negative interactions with police. 40 offenders, 6,000 negative interactions with police in one year. That means, on average, 150 times per person per year. So it's a very small number of people, but committing an incredible amount of crime. And when someone does, you know, when when they've been convicted seven or eight, nine times of the violent offense, they should stay behind bars. And then when they eventually finish their sentence and are released but rearrested, they should not be able to get bail. Uh, And a lot of the crime is being committed by habitual offenders who are out and then they get arrested again and they're released on bail. We need to change bail so that the repeat violent offenders can't simply go back out on the street the same day that they were arrested. Mm-hmm. And I think if we did that, we could target the very worst of the worst and we could save a lot of lives and a lot of money. I want to get two more questions in quickly, if I can. Uh, China, very clear threat, infiltrating our country at every level, you know, corrupting our universities, setting up police stations, interfering with our elections. I could go on. What's your plan to deal with this very clear and present threat? Well, first of all, we can't uh, allow our secrets to go to any foreign dictatorship. Um, there should not be research partnerships with any dictatorship from around the world. Uh, secondly, we need to become more self-sufficient. We can't rely on China for the basics of our modern economy. So we need to mine our own lithium, cobalt, graphite, um, copper, nickel, so that the electric car future does not depend on importing everything from from China. We also need to um, strengthen our intelligence capabilities to counter um, espionage and to detect um, uh, abuses. Finally, we need to uh, crack down on these uh, reported police stations. There, uh, there are reports that there are as many as three. Uh, as, uh, there's more than three. Um, uh, police stations run by the Chinese Communist dictatorship in Canada expressly to intimidate Canadians of Chinese origin and try to force them to go back to China for persecution. That is uh, against the law. It violates the norms of diplomacy, and they need to be shut down. Anybody associated with them need to be prosecuted under the relevant defenses of the criminal code. All right, quickly, because I'm running out of time. Uh, you know, I don't think you uh, would be surprised, but the chatter seems to suggest we could be heading into an election maybe in 2023. Uh, the base knows you, Mr. Polyever, but there are there's you know people out there who do think you're a scary guy. So how do you convince those people you're not all the things that you are accused of? I have to tell them what I am. You know, I'm uh, my purpose in politics is to give everyone the chance to achieve their dreams through hard work. I was, uh, you know, I was born of a 16-year-old mother who had to put me up for adoption to two school teachers who taught me that didn't matter where I came from, it mattered where I was going, didn't matter who I knew, but what I could do. And that's the country I want my kids to inherit, and that's why I'm running. I want to reform our tax system so people, where hard work pays off again, remove the red tape so we can build our own, develop our own resources here in Canada, 
incentivize our cities to speed up housing construction so that our young people can afford a home. In other words, restore the country where anybody who works hard can achieve their dreams uh, and anything is possible. We really have to bring it home, and that's my purpose in running. I'm out of time. I would take more if I could. I appreciate it, and I uh, hope to talk to you in the new year. But, Mr. Poliever, thank you for your time and uh, wishing you and your family a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Alex. Bye now. All righty. That is Pierre Polyeva, leader of the opposition, but he does want to be the prime minister.